<laughs> nice. I love it. Well, I, I went ahead and pushed record just now, so you know, because uh, I figured all the good stuff happens like right before the meeting happens, and I, I'm just going to capture it and edit it if I need to later. Um, well, well, first off, Pat Rigsby, thank you so much for your time, and welcome to Engagement.com podcast. Uh, this podcast is for outdoor enthusiasts and fitness pe- uh, entrepreneurs and people who like to help people get outside and have a high quality of life. So to have you on the show is quite the honor. So thank you, sir. Man, I'm excited to be here. I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to chat with you about everything that's going on and, and hopefully I can help a little bit. So yeah, let's get into it. Wonderful, Pat. So uh, Pat Rigsby in the fitness industry is a very big name. Uh, anybody who's anybody who works in the industry knows who you are. They get your emails. Those emails are very, very helpful. Um, just this morning, your email that I got and probably thousands of people got about your, your willingness to help um, through this very unique COVID-19 uh, situation that we're all in, of every kind of business. So let's speak a bit about that. Um, what you're offering right now and what your kind of call to actions could be. Um, gosh, what I'm personally offering, I mean, I've, I'm, to be honest, I'm just trying to, to solve some of the problems we're facing and help people make a, a really abrupt kind of move to, uh, you know, almost a reinvention of the way that they operate. So, you know, I've got a, um, online coaching specialist certification that Mike Robertson and I put together. Mike's an extraordinary coach and been training online for quite some time. And, um, man, I think we started delivering our first online training in my first business in 2005. So, um, you know, so we, we had put this together. We've offered, offered it for a while and just decided like, look, man, we're going to give it away to help people get comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, Pat Beef and I created a course called the rapid product creation. If people wanted to kind of package up their, their intellectual property, their, their experience and start to share that with people that may not necessarily have to be in the same geographic location as them. Um, you know, giving that away uh before we started recording mentioned you know i've i've got a podcast like you know the fitness business school i've been trying to post a, a lot of information there and then uh you know and then i do a daily email newsletter that you alluded to that i've been doing for about 15 years and wow. um you know try to try to help people through this because you know ultimately um you know, the people in the, the health and fitness um, kind of entrepreneurial landscape, I mean, and they're, they're impacting a lot of people in a lot of different ways. I mean, this isn't just um, move better and feel better and look better. I mean, this is stress management. This yes. is um, helping people navigate a lot of uncertainty. And so maybe they can give them a little normalcy back in their life. Um, you know, I mean, it's just helping people kind of be the person they need to be to, to help carry their family forward, carry their business forward, um, and, and really navigate what what I think we'd all say are pretty uncharted waters. Yeah, well said. And, in, in, you know, we spoke before the microphones were on. My background is being in the fitness industry for about 12 years now. Uh, I have a gym that's a, a studio that people go to a gym within a law firm that people go to and then in-home training. And then one day, three weeks ago, all of that stopped. And I know for a lot of people that was a situation that they're experiencing too. 
And so, you know, you, you put out those great resources of like, Hey, you can pivot. And then, you know, you've made this point and I, I realized that the, the hard way that afternoon that it didn't just affect me. It affected the people we serve. It affected the whole world and they need help now more than ever. And so it's our job if we really care about them to give them that service, that stress relief, that wellness, the health and the fitness. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that we can certainly be a, a meaningful part of the solution. I mean, I'm not, going to say for a minute we're the the same type of um contributor to the solution that um the medical professionals on yeah. front lines are but i think that we can certainly um improve people's quality of life when it's been disrupted give them a sense of um normalcy i mean i think they can feel like they at least can maintain control of their fitness and their you know, the, their well-being when everything else, maybe they don't have quite as much control over as they usually do. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can do that. We can facilitate um, an online community for them if we choose, if that's the type of model we operate. We can keep a lot of human connection that, that has been um, kind of stripped away abruptly. So, you know, there, there are a lot of things that we can do for people and maybe it isn't always exactly the same thing they came to us for originally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it might be more valuable. So, uh, you know, I think this is a, a, a really um, meaningful opportunity for us to, to serve and, and, and have an impact in a time of need. Yeah, well said. And, you know, three weeks ago, I never even considered doing a Zoom meeting or FaceTime meeting or whatever communication and technology you want to utilize, which there are plenty to use, right? And just an hour and a half ago, I had a new person, a new client just reaching out for some help and we used what she had in her home. And it was very, I could see the reaction, the need for that service and the reward I feel from that is just, is priceless. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I think it, it's rewarding to be able to to have that sort of impact on, on people, but it's also um, something that rewards those of us who are adaptable and are, are willing to evolve pretty quickly because, you know, I, I, I kind of get to play a role in our industry where I get to interact with and, and see a lot of, different professionals approach towards how they're navigating this. And some of them um, are probably a little more stubborn than others and they're a little <laughs> yeah. more resistant to evolution. And, you know, I don't, I don't think that uh, is probably going to serve them very well. Um, but the people who are adaptable and are quick to be problem solvers and, take kind of a, an empathetic leadership position throughout all of this. And I, I think that not only are they going to be able to do a lot of good, but I think business wise on the back end of this, it's going to serve them really, really well. I like to hear that. And you've been doing the online thing for so long. What are some of the benefits? I mean, I could think of a lot of benefits, but what are some of the benefits of having the online business? Um, you know, from from our side, the business owner, um, you know, there's a lot more flexibility. Some people mm-hmm. like to use the word freedom. I, I tend not to because it implies you're free from obligation or responsibility and you still have the same responsibilities. 
it's just where you do them, how you do them. There, there's a lot more flexibility in there. Um, you know, so I, I think that that sort of freedom, the uh, maybe relief from some of the fixed overhead Good point. Is, is a big one. Um, the ability to serve people outside of a specific geographic market is a big one. Um, I mean, I live in Louisville, Kentucky. And so, you know, what I'm doing is very similar to what a, um, you know, a fitness professional, a fitness business owner would do in a local market. I mean, I'm serving somebody to help them go from where they are to where they want to be. And if I had to limit the people I serve to just the greater Louisville area, as far as fitness business owners, there probably wouldn't be enough um, clients to, to build a, a really successful business. But if I take away those geographic constraints, then, you know, I, I man, I, I can really kind of niche down and go deep in trying to serve a particular market. It allows me to become better for that person because I've become more of a specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that with fitness professionals, it, you know, if you're not limited to, you know, some three or five or seven mile radius and, you know, you can kind of open things up to a broader audience you can become more of a specialist, whether you want to work with people who are, um, you know, wanting to be active as they age. Maybe you want to work with somebody with uh, some sort of chronic condition. Maybe you want to work with somebody with a particular performance goal. Um, You know, I think it just opens up a world of possibilities. I love to hear that. And it's so true. And I get bored pretty easy. So being stuck in one gym, one spot <laughs> wasn't very appealing for me. And one thing I've been doing to try and get my name out in a national, international audience is writing. I've written articles for Strong First or put together eBooks like, like you have and, and on Amazon. And then you, you meet people and they're not in your city or even your state. <laughs> and now given the tools we have and the technology, you can serve them um, remotely, which is so awesome. So yeah, that's a very good point. Um, what are your favorite tools to recommend to fitness professionals to, to coach, um, or to, to provide services? So, I mean, if we're talking primarily in this kind of, uh, online sense, um, you know, I think zoom is obviously something that's become very convenient, um, Mm -hmm. for people to use. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a, a place for Facebook, Facebook groups, Facebook live, Facebook video. Um, and you know, so, so those two probably are at the top of my list, even though they're not necessarily industry specific tools Sure, because they're low friction, right? Like everybody at this point has experience with both of those. So they don't have to learn something new. They don't have to do something they're really unfamiliar with, which I think with technology, that's always a, you know, a point of friction, um, getting people to adopt a new behavior, you know, dive into one more app, one more yeah. uh, membership site. Um, beyond those, uh, you know, I, I don't profess to have any, um, you know, big allegiance or preference to any of the, the technologies. I probably gravitate more towards exercise.com than I do. Um, the, 
things like trainerize or PT distinction or true coach. And it's mainly just because I have a little bit more of a relationship with them. It's not, you know, from the feedback I get from the other ones all seems to be pretty positive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like, uh, tool, simple tools like Kartra and click funnels and oh, yeah. um, convert kit, just things that are, are easy for somebody who may not be, uh, you know, really, really tech savvy to, to get in and, and use, um, heck my wife uses, um, Periscope, an app that (laughs) popularity a while back. Yeah. And then kind of fell off the radar once Facebook live became very popular, but she uses it because of that, because she has clients that don't necessarily want to be on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So she'll just, you know, go live and do something. And it, uh, it has a little sound notification when she goes live and all of a sudden you'll see, um, you know, a half dozen or a dozen of her people pop on for, for some sort of interaction. So, um, you know, I, I see technology as something that's designed to make solving the problem easier, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't think that being great as a, an online business coach, or I mean, an online business owner or a hybrid type of business owner, I don't think technology is the, the solution. I think that you have to figure out what problems you can solve, how you can help people, um, what you're going to try to help them achieve. And then technology is just stuff to ideally make it easier to execute. Well said. I dig that. And Periscope, that's pretty funny, but it works, right? That's what it takes, whatever it takes to work. And it's low friction. I mean, yeah. somebody's already got the app on their phone. They press a button and they see her. Like mm-hmm. no logging in, no, you know, remembering your, your password for right. something. <laughs> I mean, it's all just really simple. And I think that, you know, fortunately, uh, you know, one of the silver linings through all the stuff that we're experiencing right now is, you know, people's apprehension to using some of these technology um, platforms to to connect with one another. Um, You know, by the time all this is over, they'll be comfortable with all, all, all of these things like Zoom or mm-hmm. they'll be comfortable with connecting with people in, you know, a Facebook group. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll be past that point of adoption that, you know, now it becomes a viable solution for them. Whereas in the past they may have said, no, I can't, I can't do this. I mean, and it's not just our stuff, right? I mean, telemedicine, there's going to be so many people like, you know, that stuff was going to happen anyway. Right. Right. Was it going to be five years before it was widely accepted? Maybe, but now it's, I mean, we're fast tracking all of this. It's so true. I had a a teleconference with my doctor yesterday and you know, he's got the headset on and got the camera. Can you see me? Can I see you? And he had to learn this two weeks ago, you know, but it's working and it's, it's making it more uh, streamlined for him and for his patients. And you're right. The technology, it, it allows the service to get to the person who needs it. And we're all learning every day. I never thought about doing a Zoom training session. And now I love it. And like you brought this up in your podcast. I'm going to keep this moving forward. No matter what happens, you know, this is a great service. And I'm loving it. And I love being 
able to do it from anywhere. You can get the laptop. You can go anywhere. You go to a park, set up a little hotspot. It's great. Yeah, but, I, I think we're about to face uh, a, a pretty important evolution point in the industry, not unlike we probably did back in, you know, that 2008-ish range where things had been almost exclusively one-on-one package-based yeah. offerings and then, you know, the emergence of group training and subscription or recurring revenue models um, started to to really take hold and, and play a much much bigger part, and now probably a, a you know um, a bigger part than the the one on one stuff does altogether in the industry. I think we're about to see you know uh, the next evolution that um, the industry is going to go through. Absolutely, I, I totally agree. I was just going through school for training when that happened. Right when like we went from a one-on-one really focused to like three, four, 12 people. And now for most of us professionals, that's part of our business, a big part of that business. And you, you adapt to it, you embrace it. And it just, that's how things are. Evolution. Yeah. I mean, so few of us remember the world without smartphones, right? But it wasn't <laughs> yeah. that long ago. No, it wasn't. God, how much things have changed yeah. just in that, in, in that time frame. So um, yeah, so, so I think that, again, there are going to be people that are um, eager to adopt this kind of evolution or eager to be part of it, and they're going to be good. They're going to probably be able to build a business that, that gets a little bit of a head start on everybody else, and then the, the ones who are slower to adapt are probably going to be having to play from a deficit. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably right. What's your take on more passive income? Um, I've created passive income streams. Is it, is now a time to work on that or should now be a time to pivot and, and serve the people you are seeing in person? Um, I don't know that it, you know, those two things are mutually exclusive, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I think that you can build um, things that have some degree of passiveness um, but I also think that, um, you know, if, if you are a practicing fitness business owner, um, I would be using this window of time we're in now to, you know, once I've solidified my, my, my kind of cash flow situation with my current clients as best that I can, mm-hmm. I would be setting the stage for, you know, how am I going to thrive in this new social landscape that, that we're going to be kind of embarking on this new economy that undoubtedly we're going to see, um, you know, see be around for a bit. It, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to suggest for a minute that I know exactly what all this is going to look like, but there's some of it that you can kind of uh, read the writing on the wall. You can, mm-hmm. you can see that people aren't going to have such a black and white kind of dividing line between online and offline anymore. Um, mm-hmm. You can probably expect that the economy is not going to, um, you know, stock market's not going to be what it was in June. I mean, what it was in January by June. I mean, right. there are going to be some things that, you know, we're, we're going to have to adapt to a little bit. And some of the, the other stuff, um, you know, I've wondered about, but I don't know the, 
you know, know the answers. I don't think anybody does. Like how will people um, change behaviors about social distancing at all <laughs> over the next 12 to 18 months? Um, once they're allowed to, to kind of do their own thing, how will, um, you know, how will somebody feel about being in a group training class that has 30 people in it in a yeah. uh, 2,400 square foot room? Um, you know, I think that some of that, if I was that person that ran a model that operated like that, I would have a contingency plan. I wouldn't necessarily say, well, there's no way they're going to do it, but I definitely would have um, a plan in place for, you know, being able to, to shift to maybe smaller groups per session and having things that were available to people on demand as well. And, um, you know, just, just trying to anticipate it as much of the, the change in behavior as you can. Yeah, no, that's a good point. You know, even before this whole COVID-19 thing happened, um, I had been through some pretty major stuff in my family with uh, cancers and hospices and stuff. And so I realized then that if I'm not able to be in front of people and serve them, I've got to find more ways to create content, help people. And I remember when my sister had uh, brain cancer, I, I was very much as a caretaker. I couldn't serve my people directly. So I wrote um, an ebook. I created an online fitness course. I made it this website in Gearmit. I got passive income from YouTube videos and from affiliate links and all these different sources of revenue because I feel like if I put everything in one basket, that basket, as we just felt this month, it could go away. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's very important. Everybody has the contingency plan, at least one, maybe two contingency plans of how things could pivot and change. Well, I think that, um, you know, all the stuff that you just alluded to, um, I don't necessarily know that my accountant would call them assets, but I think of them as business assets. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, I am constantly trying to create more assets that have some sort of value that I can, um, you know, that, that I can sell, whether it's entirely passive and, hey, it's all automated or it's sitting mm -hmm. on Amazon or something like that, or it's um, significantly more passive. I just have to send out emails to, to, to drive sales or whatever else. But, yeah, I mean, I think that, the way that I've always looked at this and, you know, if anybody wants that rapid product creation course, I mean, I go through it in great detail there mm -hmm. is, you know, I mean, really all this is, is documenting the things that we do well in person so that somebody who may not be in person with us can still reap the benefits. Absolutely. Well said. Um, you know, I love studying how you serve and how you, you send out helpful, valuable emails and how you carry yourself with the podcast and the messages you have and, other people I've had in the show, like Pat Flynn and stuff, and they do really, really good jobs of, you know, bringing people in, giving them something of value, getting them into the email list, and constantly being top of mind. Um, it, it, it seems to work very well for you and for him and for people to do this. How long does it take to build that kind of uh, network up, though? Well, you know, I, I think that, you know, obviously I've been doing it for 15 years and, mm -hmm have, you know, a, a pretty significant number of people that I, I get to, to, to reach out to every day. Um, but man, I, I mean, my, my first 
year in business that hit really significant numbers. I mean, there were like 3000 people on the email list. It wasn't, I mean, it was a, you know, less than a 10th of what it would be now. And, um, you know, so I don't think that there's this, um, kind of need to, Hey, I'm just going to have to pay my dues for two years emailing before I reap any benefit. No, I, I mean, I think that I, you just, put good stuff out there. You try to, you make a point to connect with new people. Um, I, I almost think of it like, man, I'm just kind of building my own little city of people who are um, kind of, you know, interested in the same things that I'm interested in. You know, yeah. I give away something valuable in exchange for permission to start a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And then I just, send them something every day that hopefully makes their business or their day a little bit better. And, you know, I keep offers in front of them so that, Hey, whenever you're ready, here's some ways that I can help. Oh, I love it. It's so true. You, you're really good about sending daily helpful emails. And like we were mentioning earlier, I was reaching out to a lot of my fitness professionals here in the Denver area. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to talk to Pat Rigsby tomorrow. And they all lit up because they get your emails and they've, I've been to my friend's gyms. They have whiteboards and they've got information from your products and services and emails on their whiteboards along with their workouts and, you know, other important messages. So your messages are getting out very far. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's cool. But, um, <laughs> it's, that's true. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think that, um, you know, it's any different than a podcast or anything else. It's just like me personally, I try to find things that I can do that, um, you know, I can just kind of show up and be consistent with. That's why I've kind of taken to the podcasting format that I have because it's something that I can show up and record a couple episodes a week and get out. Um, and I also think that part of my strategy with the email stuff is pretty simple. I know that there just aren't a whole lot of people who will send something every day for 15 years. So, um, you know, I, I'll be the, uh, tortoise compared to other people's, you know, being the hare. And I just want to do things like, you know, somebody can go knock off a Facebook ad in minutes now. Right. But you can't really knock off, doing what you're doing with a podcast without some effort. You can't knock off writing a daily email for years without some effort. So it makes you a little bit more competition resistant too. I like that. Yeah. It's, you're authentic and it's consistent and um, you're right. Flash in the pan is a flash in the pan. It'll burn up quickly. Well, and the other thing that I, that I see through the, the, the frequency of communication, whether or not somebody needs to be daily. I tell a lot of my clients that, you know, two or three days a week's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, is, you know, everybody wants to talk about like, how do you qualify a prospect or whatever else? I'm like, man, I qualify them through email. Like they're going to like me or not before I ever talk to them. <laughs> and there, by the time I get somebody, um, you know, on, on the phone to see if maybe we potentially work together, um, you know, they, they've obviously gotten enough of, you know, communication from me that they must not be totally disenchanted with my message or we wouldn't have got to this point. So I see that is, uh, you know, like the best pre-qualification tool on the planet. We're already kind of speaking the same language. Yeah. 
Oh, I dig that. And, and, you know, it's great because I've been getting your stuff for years and most of my friends have as well. And there, we, I sent for a lot of emails just to study how people work. I, I love studying and reverse engineering and seeing what works for them and what might work for people I want to work with. And, but it's alarming to me how many people drop off. Like they start big campaigns and then they just drop off. Like the uh, failure, in my opinion, is just part of the game, right? You get rejection all the time. And I think uh, most of us who succeed are just have thick skin and are willing to pick up the pieces. You know, I think that um, consistency and perseverance is probably, you know, that combination may be the best competitive advantage somebody can have because, um, you know, it's, you'll figure it out over time if you persevere if you're consistent you'll you'll fine-tune things you'll um you know you'll you'll kind of dial in your voice and what you want to what what you want your message to be your communication style um you know and i may not be the most talented guy on the planet i'm certainly not hemingway when it comes to writing <laughs> but, um you know i'll show up every day and keep playing to my strengths and usually those things are consistency and some perseverance and trying to make things that maybe feel a little overwhelming or complex seem a little more simple. I dig that. Yeah. That's well put. Very well put. Yeah. I'm not a good writer either, but I like writing. We'll keep doing it. And, And, uh, And guess what? If you write for 15 years, you get better or you just get numb to the fact that you're not very good. Keep doing it. That's right. uh, so true. Well, um, the, the, you know, um, in Gearman, we have 25 writers on staff of all different backgrounds, men, women, grandfathers, kids, uh, all different abilities and, and ethnicities. And they always come to me, how do you write? I'm like, write me um, 500 words about your pair of socks. You know, if you can write about your socks or whatever, then you can write about anything, right? And just get comfortable writing. And um, yeah, just be authentic and personable. And because uh, they all have important messages, most everybody I know has got really strong passions for something they can share with the world. It's just yeah. they have that restriction the brakes are on and they don't, they're afraid to reach out and get vulnerable, I guess. And what's kind of cool about the, the, the world we're living in now, for maybe a, a lack of a better way of putting it, is if you've got a message to share, you definitely don't need to be Hemingway, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you you can talk into an app and have it transcribed and edit it. And plenty of people have writer's block. Not too many people have talker's block, right? (laughs) Yeah, I know a lot of that. So, you know, I mean, we can get that, that intellectual property, that knowledge, that experience that we have, and we can, you know, we can get it out and share it. Um, and, And the, the obstacles that might've been, standing in people's way 15 or 20 years ago just aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Very true. Oh, this is super helpful stuff. I, I'm enjoying this a lot. I know the listeners are going to enjoy this too. Um, oh, about, about the current situation. Um, one of the, the last podcasts you had was looking into resources for a small business. Um, I did a little research Monday myself and applied for some things. And I'm just looking to see like other people like yourself, what you've discovered this week that might be good resources for, business owners? Um, you know, I, I think that the, um, you know, this, this whole cares act has been a a really, really kind of 
strong, powerful opportunity mm -hmm. to, to help people. And, you know, there are a couple of different things people can do there. You know, there's the economic relief loans. Um, and then there's the payroll protection side of things. Yep. Now, I'm not an accountant. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a banker. There are plenty of documents available online that somebody could use to kind of compare uh, the, the options. But I mean, this money is for small businesses. Like, mm -hmm. so um, people not jumping on board with this are, are kind of missing the point, right? Like this is for us. It's not exclusively for business owners that are on the brink of bankruptcy. Um, sometimes it's for business owners that, you know, they, they can help foster a, a stronger economy as we come out of this. So, um, you know, I've had a few people say, well, you know what, I'm in a good position cash flow wise. I've got good, good reserves. Should I do this? I'm like, of course you should do it because you'd be a good steward for this money. And if that allows you to go out and employ more people, if that allows yeah. you to expand to another location, that's great for the economy. And in many ways, for the person who was really struggling before any of this happened, you know, I, I mean, we want that person to be successful and get over the hump too, but you know, maybe the money in some cases would be in um, better hands with somebody who's already proven to be able to operate a great business and they can go hire that other guy. So, you know, I, I don't think that this is always about, Hey, I'm three months behind on rent or whatever, like, yes, for, for that person, sure, um, you should be applying for this. But if you're doing fine, well, our economy is going to need you to continue to do fine and to do better. So if this point. is a way you can, um, I mean, you're not gonna get loan terms better than the ones <laughs> that, that are gonna be available here. So yeah. if, uh, you know, it, and I think for a lot of us, you know, I've had 32 different businesses. I've had one business loan ever. Um, it, you know, I'm so used to bootstrapping everything. It's just not yeah. a natural instinct to, hey, I'm going to go borrow money and fund this. But it's, I mean, I've got way too many friends that have built just massive businesses and had tons of success. And they've done it with borrowed money um, from banks, from investors. And they've never gotten terms this good. So right. if you, you know, if you can get that uh, springboard to, to grow, to expand, to have more impact, then, you know, I'd encourage you to do it. That's fantastic advice. And I had not even thought about that angle. For example, uh, the gym, the boutique gym I train in is owned by a physical therapist. There's eight or nine trainers of us total, two physical therapists on top of that. A very in-person services right there and can't do that. And he's such a great leader, 15 years in business. He's proven track record. He would be ideal for this because he employs, you know, we're not all employed, but he runs a facility that provides services for people. And yeah, that's a very good point. And I totally missed that earlier. So that's, that's very good advice, Pat. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling everybody in, in my kind of coaching community, I'm like, go, go apply for this. I mean, we don't know who's going to get, get what, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, we can control what we can control and we can apply. And that's the right. part of it that we, 
we can dictate. So apply and, um, you know, if this puts you in a better position as a business owner, then our economy is going to be thankful for it moving forward. Yeah, that's a very good point. I've, I've talked a lot of business owners outside of fitness. Like um, I, my friends run a nutrition bar here in town and they're made by hand here in Denver and they're applying for everything because they have employees too. And everybody who has a small business I can benefit from this. And it took me 20 minutes to apply for certain loans on this. So there's really no reason anybody should not be doing it right now. 100%. I mean, I just uh, went through the payroll uh, protection stuff not too long before we, we got here. I mean, my accountant was kind of navigating all that with my banker. Mm-hmm. And I was just part of the conversation. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I mean, getting all those things in order because, uh, you know, tomorrow's when it can be official, but all the documents were already in hand because, yeah, of course, I, I think that, I mean, that's what this is for. Yep. No, that's great advice. I, and I did the payment protection myself uh, Monday as well. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to getting some answers, just know where we are, right? Does not hurt to, to apply for sure. This is fantastic advice, Pat. I mean, this is going to help out a lot of people in a lot of industries. Um, and it's great to hear from you. And 32 businesses, that's amazing. It's too many. I hear you. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've had probably eight or nine uh and so I thought I had a lot, 32, that's established. It's, it, I mean, it's a lot, but I mean, it's like anything, right? Like we're a sum of our experiences mm-hmm. and it's been, I think it's been uh, a, a great learning platform for me to go through all the things and that, that I've gone through good and bad, yep. uh, everything from local training facilities to, you know, franchises with, you know, 275 locations to, wow. you know, certification, education companies, consumer stuff. I mean, I've, I've gotten to experience a lot of different things. Um, some of it went great. Some of it not so great. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that coupled with the fact that I think I've always been a very hands-on business coach. Like I, um, you know, I, I mean, I think we estimated a while back going back through like the last five years of, of calls and then just kind of extrapolated that out. It's like, man, I've done like 35,000 business coaching calls. And wow. it's like, you know, if you're taking that and aggregating all that, I mean, you know, there, there's just, it's not that, I mean, you know, when somebody says, well, there's nothing new coming up. I'm like, all I have to do is experience what we're experiencing right now. Something new <laughs> yeah. come, but it just Guaranteed. I think it gives you a little more context to, to help you figure out like, okay, how do we navigate economic changes? How do we navigate, um, you know, having to lay some staff off, any, any of that. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, it, it's helped me a lot. It's also helped me, um, kind of be reminded that, you know, this too shall pass and yes, will, will evolve. And some people are going to come, come out of this and it's going to be a springboard to be better. Mm-hmm. And some people are going to use this as an anchor to drag them down. Well put, you know what? I, that's well put. Um, I was speaking to a lot of uh, my friends who were in the military who've been through some tough stuff. Uh, I've been through a lot of loss myself and <clears throat> most of the ones I appreciate 
the strong ones who have been through this stuff, the darkness, is they've learned to find the silver lining and learned to, to appreciate and the learning process um, and come out stronger. And I think all the people listening to this hopefully will fit into that category. So, yeah, that's well put, Pat. That's very well put. So our last question for you here. Um, yeah. Are you guys on lockdown yet, like on official, like stay at home? Um, I, I mean, they – have done a variety of kind of degrees of lockdown for the last, uh, I don't know, probably a couple of weeks for us here. Mm-hmm. I guess this is the third week of some, some iteration of that. Uh, they've closed the state borders. Uh, some, I, I don't know, like a Monday, I think where okay. somebody didn't cross the state border unless they like worked in an essential job over state lines. Um, you know, so, I mean, we're allowed to go to the grocery store and yep. that sort of thing. But, you know, I mean, I've worked at home for over a decade. My wife's worked at home for over a decade. Uh, you know, so it, it probably isn't as disruptive for us as it might yeah. be for some other people. And my kids, are like one's 18 and one's nine, so they're not at each other's throat because they're <laughs> far enough apart doing stuff Mm -hmm. they're fine so it's actually been um it's been just pretty fine for my house but you know in in reality we had dealt with a couple things like last year from february till april my son has an autoimmune the younger one has an autoimmune thing that really flared up and you know um brain inflammation and he was um you know out of school for a month and it was just a, a really challenging time there where we kind of felt like we we're on house arrest at that point yeah. to take care of him. It's like, man, this is way more um, at ease for us, the, these circumstances. And um, no, I, I think that we've gotten to a position where we're pretty um, grateful for the time together. The older one, We'll be heading off to college in the fall, so more time with him. And yeah, uh, you know, I mean, the circumstances what are, are what they are. So we're we're going to try to make the best of it and um, enjoy one another and try to support all the people in our lives, personally and professionally too. Oh, that's beautiful, Pat. That is that's awesome. Um, well, my wife and I uh, we share. We're in a two bedroom condo, and um, my second bedroom is a. a a home gym, which is very fortuitous, <laughs> yeah, very fortuitous. So I've been filming some videos in there and uh, about this time last year, they started implementing work from home one day a week. So I built her little office within that space. And so now she's home and we're coexisting very well. We take turns on who gets to be the loud one. Like this is my hour to be loud. And then she has her conference calls with her HR group and we're enjoying cooking more together. The dogs I think are sick of us to be honest. Like they, I'm surprised they even jumped up right now, but it's been good over here as well. And it makes you appreciate all the little things. Um, I've, I've had podcasts with people in New York city um, two weeks ago and they were the first ones to have the lockdown. And that was, that was an eye opener, you know? And uh, yeah, like you said, this too shall pass. We, you know, we're all doing the best we can. Um, the people like you providing great services and I'm going to link to um, your three steps to business during the coronavirus and other resources that you've been sending out for, for our listeners as well. Is there anything else you'd like me to share with them to direct them to your resources? Um, you know, like the the certification, the rapid product creation. I mean, those are 
are, are free to anybody who wants them. Um, you know, one is just making that transition to serving people online, whereas the other is kind of, as we talked about before, creating an asset that can be relatively passive for you to, to make, make some income from. Um, you know, I think those are great. They can check out my podcast. Um, you know, I, to be honest, I think if somebody listens to my podcast, if they read my newsletter, they're probably just going to get more of what we talked talk about <laughs> here, right? Like this is, yeah. uh, what, what you see is what you get with me here. There's not, not a whole lot of flash, right? No, but there's a lot of substance. And that's what matters. Well, Pat, um, all of, all the best to you. Much love to you and your family. Thank you for your time. And thank you for the services you provide for all of us out here. It's much appreciated from me, all the people I know. And, um, and thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me, man. Uh, I was grateful for the opportunity to be on and always happy to, to share and try to help. I love it. Thank you so much, Pat. Take care. <laughs>